Hey, everybody, this is the Washington State Indivisible Podcast, part of the Demcast Podcast Network. I'm your host, Stephan Cox. Today, the campaign to recall Alaska's Republican Governor Mike Dunleavy. A group of citizen activists, including local indivisible groups, are leading the charge to remove a governor who is rampantly abusing his power, and they need our help. That is all ahead, so stay with us. Right now in Alaska, our neighbor to the north, citizen activists, including indivisible members, are leading a campaign to recall Governor Mike Dunleavy. We are joined now by the campaign manager for the recall effort, Claire Pywell, to tell us more. Hello, Claire. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So what can you tell us about Governor Mike Dunleavy briefly, and why are you looking to recall him? Sure thing. So... Our Alaska recall started in July 2019 and the first year that Governor Mike Dunleavy was in office. We're recalling him on three grounds, three legal grounds of incompetence, lack of fitness, and neglect of duties. In the summer of 2019, over 49,000 Alaskans signed the recall application in less than five weeks. So nothing of the speed and the scale has occurred in our state's history. Truly um, a shining example of this organic tsunami, this outpouring of support. So here's a little bit about our governor. Why are we so um, so committed to this cause? Yeah. So this is a guy who was elected thanks to Americans for Prosperity and the Republican Governors Association in large part. He campaigned on some very troubling promises, um, some lies that ultimately revolved around his ability to increase every Alaskan's permanent fund dividend check or that famous PFD check without cutting essential services. And just uh, for the record, Alaskans actually receive uh, money back every year instead of having to pay a state income tax, right? Correct. We don't have a state income tax. We don't have broad-based taxes here. Um, and so that that PFD has become famous in large part because if you're qualified based on some very basic um, criteria, uh, you receive that check every year, and that money comes from a fund that was established with oil and gas tax revenues in the 70s. So he made sweeping cuts to programs that he had promised to protect before getting elected. You know, cuts to programs for seniors, for children and students, for Alaskans living in rural parts of our state, like off the road system, cut off the lifeline of marine ferries to coastal communities, school funding, environmental programs that pay for themselves, you name it. And ironically enough, this severe and divisive approach united, really unified folks across sectors. We're not just talking about, right, um, those educators or local governments, but we're also talking about nonprofits, bankers, small business, labor unions. And so folks with Indivisible Alaska pulled together multiple other local community activists and other constituencies, and in a matter of weeks, Last summer, the dialogue and documentation of his short record really made clear that not only was he cruel and acting, you know, really with putting special interests in front of regular people's um, when it comes to policymaking, but he also considered himself above the law. There were clear instances of multiple and very disturbing violations of our Constitution. So it became clear the recall was Alaska's recourse. So neglect of duties, incompetence, lack of fitness. And uh, yeah, it sounds like he's uh, transgressing and upsetting uh, people all across the political spectrum. You said this is happening very quickly. Where are you now in the recall effort in terms of signatures gathered and all of that? In Alaska, recalls have three phases. There are two signature gathering phases 
and then an election. So we're in phase two, or the petition phase, which requires us to collect a little over 71,000 signatures from registered Alaskan voters to qualify for an election. That means that we, right before the pandemic set in, we had already, in just a little over two and a half weeks, collected over 30,000 signatures, or 40% of the signatures needed to hit that goal. But of course, right, um, a global pandemic really changes the look and the feel of a political campaign, like it's happening across the country, right? Um, But uh, essentially, we need another 40,000 signatures, and we need those signatures by early July in order to make the general election in November. All right. Well, then, so uh, so two questions that I think will be of interest to listeners. Uh, first, in what ways are you working with local indivisible groups uh, to get those 40,000 signatures? And how are you doing it during, as you say, uh, the pandemic? It's got to be really challenging. You know, what's really incredible uh, on the list of cliches, I mean, Alaskans are gritty. We're persevering. And I think what's become very much clear is that we've proven that not only can we lift, but we can carry. And we are not going to let some Coke-funded experiment um, essentially determine the future of our state, of our of our way of life here, our economy. So we knew really quickly that we need to we needed to pivot. We needed to change our actual tactics for gathering these signatures. So in record time, just two days, we put our heads together um, and essentially came up with a totally new method, which was sign at home petition gathering. We basically shrunk down the size of the booklets, stayed completely within the, the confines of the law, and now we are making a very short, easy-to-fill-out form on our website available for folks to request a booklet to be mailed directly to their home. They self-certify the booklets. We include that an exciting I-signed sticker mm-hmm. you know, for that selfie to show the support across the state, all different kinds of communities and sizes right here in Alaska. Um, and, and then to use a prepaid envelope to send it back to the campaign. We've seen almost 5,000 of these requests come in in just the first month after launching this sign-at-home um, method of collecting signatures. And we're about to go above and beyond. We're preparing to mail out, proactively mail out these petitions to people across the state because we know we have to meet people where they are. And right now that's at home. <laughs> so... Um, so some of the, the local leads with um, Indivisible uh, Alaska have been integral in that mobilization. And that's a couple of things. You know, those tactics have changed, right? But we still know that as volunteers um, and as leaders, right, at the community level, that peer-to-peer outreach and mobilization is critical. So folks with Indivisible Alaska are phone banking. They are doing a huge help in terms of just spreading the word on social media. They're cutting stickers. They're they're texting and calling friends from home, and they're making clear that um, essentially we're not stopping and we can't stop and we won't stop because this is such an important constitutional right that we all have access to um, and that we can do this together. And of course, all of this costs money, right? Um, so I will just ask you, uh, what can people do to help out financially if they're able to? 
Absolutely. So for folks that are in a position um, where they are able to um, invest in, in this movement, they can go to recalldunlevy.org. There's no limits at all to financial contributions. And we absolutely need your help. We absolutely need every person who's available to make a contribution of any size that they're um, in a position to make. You know, if if you are one of those folks who really cares about sending a message to the Koch brothers, to Americans for Prosperity, that regular people are not going to tolerate being purchased, being essentially manipulated, then then we are one of the best investments of your political contributions right now. A little goes a long way in Alaska, right? We're two and a half times the size of Texas, but our, our population is small compared to a lot of those, you know, our, our Western coast, coastal states in the U.S. Yeah. So. It's been grassroots and we intend on keeping it that way. But that means that every dollar, every $5, every $10 contribution rate, that goes directly towards mailing these petitions, chasing them, supporting phone banking, supporting that peer-to-peer outreach. We know that we will need ultimately to get those 40,000 signatures and and really um, take that next step. We're truly exercising our democracy here. I will have the website uh, for people at indivisiblepodcast.org to check out, and they can learn more about the recall effort. Um, It's my understanding there isn't a recall vote date set yet. That is contingent upon the gathering of signatures, correct? Absolutely correct. So the recall may likely be on the general, um, but that really all depends on how quickly we can gather these signatures and turn them in. Okay. Claire Pywall is the campaign manager for the Campaign to Recall Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy. Claire, best of luck and uh, thanks for joining us and letting us know all about it. Oh, gosh. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for your time. And that's it for today. Our website is indivisiblepodcast.org and our email address is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. The Washington State Indivisible Podcast is a production of Get Creative, Inc. and is part of the Demcast Podcast Network. Learn more about Demcast at demcastusa.com. Special thanks to Lori Caldwell. And as always, my thanks to you guys for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye.